it's always so good to be vulnerable and and make fun of yourself and not take yourself serious. I think that's my favorite type of comedy. Um, I like I, I like silly and uh, you know I like I when I watch comedy I like high energy, but then I also like really dry and set up punchline jokes. So I I like a variety of of style. But for me, I. I feel like I'm still, even though I've been doing it 10 years, still trying to figure out my voice and like, and who I am um, on stage at times, if that makes sense. That makes, no, of course, that makes perfect sense. Right? In this hombre, hold another bottle. Look a little closer, cigar in Moscato. An actor in improv, coming from Chicago. Alto, make way for Paul Vato. We did it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Paul Votto Presents, where my guest today is Steph Clark. She's a comedian. She's an actor. I think you might be a writer. You're all of the above. You are a triple threat that is maybe even a quadruple threat. Who knows? Yeah, I got, I'm very, I threaten. That's what I do. I'm a big You are threat. very threatening. And that's the reason you're on the show is because you threaten me. And if I didn't <laughs> have you on... There are some bad things going to happen. So I'm like, you know what? I better have Steph Clark on. So thank you for being here. You're a wise man, Paul. <laughs> it is my absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm such a big fan. And then for you to come on my show, I really, really appreciate it. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, I think I'm a little sneezy. So I'm glad that we're social distancing. But uh, just in case, I was at a big event last weekend. and. I'm like, oh, did I not protect myself enough? But but uh, this is great about Fireside is we can do this like this. Uh, right. Unlike Clubhouse where it's just audio, we can actually get to see each other. So thank you. Thank you. And I downloaded the app. I get, I'm get a, I'm a challenged millennial, but uh, I managed to download the app and we're here. <laughs> I love it. And I saw you pop into the room earlier when I was interviewing – uh, when I was interviewing Lincoln Hope, who's an improviser, an actor, and whatnot. So thank you for supporting. And that's what uh, Fireside is all about, is watching other people's shows. And then hopefully, if you're inspired and motivated, maybe you two can uh, apply to be a content creator. Because if you and Tom want to do something here, or just you, or you and I, as long as Tom doesn't mind, you know, maybe we can do something here on Fireside. I call those shots, but I am pretty busy with my pyramid scheme, but I can maybe try to figure it out and have a, (laughs) we will have to address that because I I know that you are uh, a, a uh, big advocate. Is it an anti-advocate? What are you when it comes to MLMs? Right. They call it the anti MLM movement. So anti multi-level marketing uh, movement. Wonderful. So I better not talk to you about Amway or any other MLM company here. This was the long con. I just wanted to get you on so I could t- talk to you about that. I knew it. Have you ever been in a in a MLM? No. I mean, throughout my years, I've been offered hundreds of times. I think when you're an outgoing person, right. when you're a salesman, or maybe they just go after everybody. And I'd like to I'd like to dive into that because I feel like you would probably know a lot about that. And I feel like maybe when I was in my early twenties, I may have, but I remember I never like paid because people thought, I think they had a lot more faith in me and they're like, I'll pay for it. 
like I'll get you to join, you know, and then, but it's, it's like anything else I would assume it's either a scam or it's a lot of work. I mean, because nothing is easy. Um, you know, when, when, um, e-cigarettes first came out, uh, M life, was it called M life? I forget what it was called, but I remember, uh, and that was a, I mean, that worked okay, but because they were so new, you could sell e-cigarettes for, for 10, 12, $15. So there was quite a markup. And then, yeah, you uh, so selling them on the street. What, what's that? You see people selling those on the street. Yes. Yeah. So this was like 12, 13 years ago. So it was, it was new. You'd walk into a club you're like, sir, there's no smoking in here. You're like, I'm not, this is vapor. And that's, you know, that's just a red light at the end. So <laughs> it was, it was new. So I think I did that, but it was never uh, like a, a business where I invested a lot of time or money. And maybe that's why I was never successful. Can people actually become successful? Uh, MLMs, do you think? I think when, well, it's, I think when they start, excuse me, when they, when it starts and you're at the top of the pyramid, then yes, but it's not it's not very ethical to be involved in any because you're just kind of making money off of everyone else on your downline. And, and that's the thing too. I think I've always used that as an excuse too. When somebody's like, "Will you join this program or whatever?" and I'm always like, "Well, I think it's too late." I'm like, "If you get me in at the beginning, at the top, I would love to." You know, I, I'm willing to sacrifice my ethics to, to maybe <laughs> make a lot of money. And I also, I've always felt though that, I, and I, I don't think all of them are bad because I feel like it might be a, a decent way to sell products because it is, you know, one-on-one. I mean, because isn't like Avon maybe and Amway, aren't they considered? They're all, bad. They're all the same. They're all the same. You know, uh, John Oliver has a great episode dedicated to this topic, all about pyramid schemes, and it's all the same same structure and format. They're all the same. They try to they try to act like they're our pyramid schemes different. It's all it's it's all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. Sure, I, and because I remember even going back to college, where the you know where they call it an airplane. You know, still it's built like a pyramid where there's a captain or, or the pilot, co-pilot. And then, you know, flight attendants and then passengers. It was basically just a way to filter money to the top and then they'd break off. But uh, and even back then, I was like, it doesn't I mean, it's not sustainable. There's, you know, just that. Yeah, if you start it. Yes. Otherwise, no. So I'm glad that there are advocates out there uh, that are exposing people, That's you know. Bad. So and I know you've been you've been a big proponent of exposing MLMs and, and schemes like that. So thank you for for looking out. I try. And then I have like my fake one I call Tales of the Crypto. And I saw that's like um, a show on here on this app. I was like, what? Well, that's- no, that's my show. I that's call your it, show? I, me and Victor Ramos, KAC. Uh, I call, we, we're calling it Tells from the Crypto because it was going to just be like, what's the tell? Like what's going on? What's going on this week in crypto? We just kind of, we're going to start it today. But yeah, uh, because I have a fake one. Be like uh, an MLM fake one called Life About Crypto. Tales from the Crypto. I love it. I yeah. love it. We went with a double pun, but but that's all right. It. Well, maybe we can have you come on Tells and maybe we can do some kind of fight on there. Like ours is real. You're like, Our, mine is real. Whatever. I don't know. We... <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Great minds think alike. It's it's uh, right. comedic. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So... Who is Steph Clark? And I would like to figure out how we know each other. Is it just from social media or did we actually hang out at the IO or did you do improv or have you always mostly been stand up? 
Or am I friends with Tom? I was asking my husband, Tom, I was like, how do we know Paul? And he was saying back in, um, what's it called? Um, Well, what's the Andy Sandberg thing he used to be a part of? Channel 101. Channel 101, that you're a big advocate for getting paid. And I was like, oh, hell yes. I'm all about Paul then. Like, I don't remember that. I, wait, what okay. happened now? Okay. You were asking for money. Like sure. you, He said you were a big advocate of asking to get paid. Like it, you were the only one asking. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, yes, Paul. I I don't even remember that, but uh, it, it would make sense. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't even for me, I'm guessing. I'm guessing I, I wanted my fellow actors to get paid because, you know, it's it's you are putting in time and money. But then again, nobody was making I don't think anyone was making money and we got to hang out with people like Andy Samberg and Sarah Silverman and Jack Black and, you know, whomever else was part of channel one Oh one. So that was a lot of fun. I was in a, I was in classroom. I think it was called classroom was the kind of the hit that I was out. I played grotto, this like gang banger, which was <laughs> a lot of fun. Was this yeah. YouTube? It's on YouTube. But it was live. Uh, so it was uh, uh, on next to Improv Olympic on Hollywood Boulevard. I forget what the, the venue was called. Uh, and it was, I believe, a monthly competition. It could have been weekly. I think it was monthly where you would basically do a pilot, a short pilot, um, and then people would vote on it. And if you got enough votes, you'd come back for, you know, you'd get to do your series but every week was, you know, you were on the chopping board. So every month, I'm sorry. So every time, so, you know, we pitched classroom. We had a pilot. People loved it. Then we went forward. So we got to do episode one, then episode two, then episode three. But shows like Yacht Rock came out of there. I think Drunk History, uh, Derek Waters, Drunk History. I believe that that was a Channel 101 show. So it was this just this concept. And, hey, we get drunk and tell history stories and then all of a sudden it gets picked up and then he actually ended up selling it to comedy central or whomever he sold it to so i remember th- that it was fun and it wasn't because you know a lot of it was i wasn't doing all the work i was just an actor so i could see where i was kind of like yeah come on we come on guys we got to rally we got to get paid i don't remember that uh, that's so you know, funny yeah because I, well, I remember tom did some sketches and then they're on youtube and it's like oh well you know i'm sure there was uh, some money in that I mean, if it was like probably right around the start of YouTube with. And it, it, you know what? And it YouTube. was. And but it, maybe it just, you know, if anything, it motivated me and inspired me to do my own thing. Because I did with my ex-wife now, I, we did a show called The House Sitter where she would house sit for you, but only if you were a famous celebrity. So we started out, we did Dave Faustino, who's Bud Bundy on Married with Children and Wendy McClendon Covey, you know, from the Goldbergs and Reno 911 and Bridesmaids and yeah. Drew Drogi, who's like improv famous people that know comedy and improv probably know who Drew Drogi is. And oh, yeah. oh and Mo Collins, Mo Collins from Matt TV. And now she's on Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, so it inspired me to do stuff like that. We, we did a show called Keep It Green, which was, again, with my ex and, and Shelly Pack. And they actually ended up getting hired by Discovery Channel for their new uh, channel called Planet Green. And they were the Keep It Green Girls for, for a show called G Word. So I think doing Channel 101 was inspirational and motivational. D- did Tom remember what shows he did? You know, he's, he's, he showed me some funny sketches. I don't remember offhand. I don't remember what they were. 
but he did a bunch of different, yeah, channel one sure. sketch. Sure. Yeah. So that's, that, you know what, that's exactly then where, where I met Tom. And of course I've, I've been a big fan of his comedy and his standup. Uh, I remember there was another great show from like people like in Wisconsin, you know what? It was once a month because I think yeah, they'd come out. Wives. What's that? The improv group with Dan Harmon. Tom was a part of that too. Oh, well, of course. Uh, so yeah, Dan Harmon and, and, uh, uh, Royland, uh, Justin Royland, who yeah. created uh, Rick and Morty, Which they I've were been big time. Starting to watch, isn't that crazy? I haven't watched it before. Like I just started watching it this week, and I'm I've, obsessed. With it. Uh, I feel horrible. I've never watched it. I should probably watch. So it. funny! Oh my, it's really good. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to watch. I call myself a comedian, and then I don't even support my friend's work, so I, I should probably <laughs> watch it. There was a great documentary on Dan Harmon, also called Harmon Town. Yes. But that's exactly how I know how I know Tom. Then is is through channel channel one hundred and one, uh, and that yeah, so so much fun. There was because uh, I remember that there was even some people from Wisconsin who would submit. I think you know they'd mail in the DVD or whatever, uh, this, and it was uh, Darth Vader's brother, like Chad Vader or something. It was something. It was a funny premise, and they kept you know they kept making more and more episodes. But it was you know it, it was fun. You'd have a month to come up with a new episode. And then if you, if you got enough votes, you would continue and you'd make more. So it was, it was a great way to uh, put your stuff out there. And it was kind of coinciding with the birth of YouTube 15 years ago. So yeah. 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 And, and then, uh, and maybe that's how I even got on the Sarah Silverman show. You know, yeah. Rob who directed for Sarah Silverman, I think we met on channel one one So when Eddie Pepitone wasn't able to do, uh, the chef at Romanski's Diner. That's when I got the opportunity to do oh, it. Stepped so, in, took, took charge. I stepped in. I mean, Vato Romanski. Come on, look at me. Of course, I'm I'm a Romanski. Right, uh, with, with your cigarette vapes on on set, ready to sell that on the side. <laughs> that's it. That's it. How did how did you meet Tom? Uh, so I met Tom. I was in grad school, uh, and. Part of grad school, my advisor was teaching a writing for performance class. So we did a field trip to the Ha Ha. That was the first time I ever did stand up. I went to the Ha Ha and I just fell in love with comedy. And then a, a year later, I was still doing stand up. And then I met Tom at a bar show in Thousand Oaks. And uh, he just was so funny and blew me away. And my mom at the time, my mom goes to all the shows and my mom was there and I went outside because I was, I smoked cigarettes at the time and I was smoking. And then Tom called me out when I walked back in, he's like, oh, your daughter's out there smoking. And uh, so he, so I met Tom the same night as my mom met him. And then they did like karaoke together. It was so funny. So yeah. So I met Tom at a, just a bar show. That's amazing. So, so he was instantly like approved by mom, I'm guessing. And, and, uh, Instant mom. approval. Yes, mom, mom, mom loves loves Tommy. Ah, uh, that's wonderful. That <laughs> is cool. where did you grow up then? I grew up out in a in Agora, California, Oak Park, and uh, we we live out here now. And it's I love it. It's about thirty minutes north of LA, so it's great. It's just so perfect. Instead of like living in Hollywood and having your car stolen, it's nice to like not have to worry about that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Is that where Canyon Club is? Agora is it Agora right Hill? Down the street, yep. Canyon Club yeah, Club yeah. Street. And then we have I had I produce a 
local show out here at a brewery at 14 Cannons Brewery every month. We get really great comics and we've been doing that for over four years because I've just kind of learned to do my own, like you, I've learned to do my own thing because you really cannot depend on anybody in this business. You have to make things happen for yourself. That's, that's exactly it. Um, and this is, you said, I'm sorry, a monthly show and where, where can people find out about it? If they go to my company's Funny Girl Events, uh, funnygirlevents.com, and I have all my shows on there that I produce and really trying to grow that and do a bunch of shows at wineries, breweries, and country clubs and just just keep keep it going, Get getting hilarious women on stage. This business, as you know, does not uh, go out of their way to book hilarious women. And so I, I've taken that upon myself to make sure we get as many women booked as possible on our shows. That is fantastic. I'm entering the information below you. Uh, it's called a little fortune cookie, funnygirlevents.com, so that people can just click on it. Yeah. And it'll take them, it'll take them right to that website. That's amazing. And you're 100% right. Uh, it's, it's, it doesn't go out. I think you said it correctly. You said it perfectly, which is the industry doesn't go out of their way to, you know, to be inclusive and do that. So I'm glad that you're, you're doing that. And then your show in, in Agora, is that, uh, is it mostly female women or is it, uh, are you open to anybody doing stand-up? Yeah, it's like an equal balance, you know, um, I give priority bookings to women, but yeah, it's definitely like, you know, guys are on their show too. And you know, we, I found that some, you know, it can be where a lot of women don't reach out to get booked. So I just try to keep saying how important that is to if it, whether you reach out to my show or whatever town and city you're in, you need women need to be more <clears throat> aggressive about asking for what they want in this business. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you've been doing how long have you been doing stand up now? It seems like it's been, I mean, 12 Yeah. About about 10 years or so, I'd say the last four or five years, I've been more more active with st- like the first half of that was not like going up, you know, a couple times a month wasn't very active in stand up now and half of half of it now the time is spent doing comedy for sure. Wonderful, wonderful. Tell me a joke. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Someone did that on my radio. I was like, no, oh gosh, okay. it doesn't sound that good. <laughs> I know it, it needs context. You need to, you know, I've done your set, but it, even I get that. And I'm like, I don't do stand up. I'm, I'm an improviser. I do sketch. And then I, and then I'm kind of like, well, what are they, you know, what, what are they going to say? Well, then improvise something like, well, I, you know, I need my teammates. I need my members of my ensemble. Yeah. You need uh, the vibe. You need the lights off, like a whole thing. I remember when I would bartend and I would just like, they would keep asking me and it's, I would just wouldn't say a joke cause it just, it doesn't come out the same. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I've always, and I never do, but for you know 30 years I've been wanting to, I should just memorize a few good jokes, but I can never remember a joke until you tell me a joke. If you tell me something, then that will usually spark, you know, and these are just dumb jokes, but I can never off the top of my head, just think of a good joke to tell. I've got this mental block. So I think one of these days I'm just going to start writing them down and be like, okay, let me just read you a joke, I guess. Cause yeah, but it isn't, that's horrible. But, just, but we've all had that, like, you know, after a show, right after a gig and then the, somebody tells you some internet hack joke and then you're just like, and it's so long and you're just like trying uh, so hard to list, at least for me, I'm just trying so hard to listen. 
and try to tell where to laugh. <laughs> I'm supposed to laugh now. Okay, got it. Oh, yeah. that's, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. What, um, I read, you know, your bio and, and it said self-deprecating comedy. Is that your forte? What kind of comedy do you enjoy doing? What kind of stand-up do you enjoy doing? Yeah, I'll try to throw in some stuff. I feel like it's always so good to be vulnerable and, and make fun of yourself and not take yourself serious. I think that's my favorite type of comedy. Um, I like, I, I like silly and, um, you know, I like, I, when I watch comedy, I like high energy, but then I also like really dry and set up punchline jokes. So I, I like a variety of, of style, but for me, I, I feel like I'm still, even though I've been doing it 10 years, still trying to figure out my voice and like, and who I am um, on stage at times, if that makes sense. That makes, no, of course, that makes perfect sense. And I think I've always used that as an excuse to, to I've always wanted to do stand-up, but it's always like, well, I don't have a voice or I don't have a point of view, which I think is very important, but I think it takes forever. I mean, you just have to be so comfortable on stage like you would be chatting with your mates uh, and and then still have this point of view or, or have this voice. So no, it, it makes perfect sense. And I'm sure... I'm sure that you do have it. You know, other people think that you have it, but now it's up to you to decide. Right. And I think we're always changing and especially after the pandemic. And I think, so I think your point of view changes and I, we're always evolving. And so, you know, sometimes I like, I like being political on TikTok, and that doesn't really play well with the opportunities I get for live performance. Like I like doing impressions of Lauren Boebert on TikTok, and that's really fun for me. And it gets um, aggression out that I feel of what's going on in the world that, and I'm, that's, I'm able to do that, but you know, those aren't the opportunities I get for the audiences we, we have when I'm traveling, you know, oftentimes the venues will say, don't do politics. And if I'm getting paid, then I really can't. So I'm different. I'm different. I'm different in different atmospheres. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And that the fact that, you know, I think we know that, you know, that as a business person too, because uh, if you're getting paid, then you're kind of at their behest and you have to do what they want, you know, besides entertaining people and being funny, you kind of have to follow the rules there. If it's your, if it's your own thing, then, you know, all bets are off. You can do whatever you want. So no, that makes perfect sense. And uh, I think more artists and comedians have to be more business minded, which you yes. know you are, you know, you, you seem to be so. Absolutely. Uh, do you and Tom work together? I, I know that uh, you, what you guys had a show called, was it the Clarks? Yeah. So yeah, we had a web series, the Clarks. Um, we haven't been doing it, uh, you know, the last year or so, but uh, we, we did, we had fun working together on that and uh, performing wise, we did a fun show at the improv um, for this nice guy. He produces a show called couples and comedy. So that was maybe the first time where we, did our sets and then together kind of you can roast or toast each other. And so that was fun being in the moment with Tom and performing, performing together. So yeah, we want to do more of that um, performing, performing together, mixing stand up with improv would be really cool. Like, you know, he teams up with my friend Lauren Pritchard. I don't know if you know Lauren from Mad TV and Disney and she she did a lot of she was on the Sarah Silverman show too but I um she's very big in the improv world so like they do their show together so like you know sometimes I feel 
you know, Tom is on a different level with the improv. He's been doing it 25 years. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully I can keep building and getting there so we can do more of the interactive uh, stage time together. Where, um, where is Tom from? Did, where did he grow up? He's from Milwaukee. Did he do the Chicago improv scene? I mean, yeah, yeah. So he did. Um, he he did comedy sports, and he did Second City, mm-hmm. um, and then Dead El- Dead Alewives with Dan Harmon and um, Eric Price, who was also on Mad TV. So he's. I don't know many comedians like him that can do stand up and improv both really well. There's not that many. I um, I think improvisers might find it a little bit easier to become stand-ups or to do stand-up than vice versa. So it takes a very talented person to, to be able to walk that line of both improv and stand-up. And improvisers, in my opinion, are nice, are nicer people. <laughs> They're willing to work together. They listen. Stand-ups are very egotistical. Um, not always, but I think improvisers are nicer. I would have to agree a hundred percent. And maybe that's just the nature of the beast. You know, you're up there doing stand up. You have to be egotistical. It's just you, right. you know, unless you're working with a partner, but then you're still one entity. Whereas improv, it is about exactly that listening and working well together. And most of the people that I interview on Paul Votto presents, I shouldn't say most, a lot come from that improv background. And those interviews are always just flow really well because we're used to doing that. We're used to listening and then interjecting and, and building and moving forward. So I would have to agree with, with what you say yeah. well maybe we can get you and tom on here oh yeah tom would love to do it yeah 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 we can have you guys come on and do your show here and uh, uh I'm, I'm sure you guys could share a lot about being comedians being married uh being a couple now did you guys toast or did you roast each other i roasted and he toasted <laughs> that's the smartest thing i've ever heard I love it. I, you know, I love the roast battles. I love that. But especially when it's a couple, because you're so intimate, you know, each other's secrets that you can really destroy each other uh, with, with the, the, the roasting. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, what are you working on now? What are you working any special projects or just doing your monthly show? Yeah, I, um, yeah, doing a bunch of uh, stand up and I'll be at uh, pretty much local Southern California gigs because uh, travel costs are insane right now. Um, but yeah, so local stand up comedy shows right now um, and figuring out maybe, yeah, I, we have a podcast together called I'm a Rescue where we interview people that have gone through, like everyone has a journey and have gone through different you know, things in their lives. So we interview all different types of people for that and uh, do some, we, we have some uh, that I need to post. I've been pretty, it's hard to get back on the podcast game after, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a labor of love. It, it really is. And then that's why I'm, I'm kind of so happy that I discovered, you know, uh, Fireside here because it really makes it easier for me because it's so enjoyable to do this, do it with, with video. And then it's, People can always come back and, and replay it, but I can also download it, cut off the, you know, any, any choppy parts, the front and the end, and then upload it as a podcast and, and boom. So it probably takes me less than an hour. But even that, you know, it's, it's a lot of time when it is a labor of love. You're right, because no one's out there going, I'll give you $100 million for your podcast like they did to Joe Rogan. So it's uh, <laughs> okay, right. Um, 
I and I love the live aspect of this. This is cool. People like watching it live. They feel a part of it, you know. I think so. And and that's kind of the whole premise of Fireside is that the audience also becomes a creator because you hear applause or you hear um, laughs and things like that. So it, it's as close to in-person and live as, as you can be. And then it's all saved and you can play it back, you know, the, including the video or take the audio out and just put it up as an audio podcast. But uh, I'll put it up on Anchor and then it goes to Spotify and on Spotify, the video plays and uh, it's, it's kind of a new thing for them, I think, within the past month. Uh, so I think they're really promoting that. Uh, so I think it's the perfect storm right now with with the audio podcasting, audio, social audio and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's so, so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, that you figured it out, that you came on and you were able to do this. I'm very uh, I'm very challenged with the apps. I'm like, what am I paying for? But That's right. Why did you think you had to pay? Did it, did it When you install it, does it say like you're buying it or something? I, I was like, oh, no. Where does it say when, that they're... When you Google it, it says, it says, yeah, there's payment of $10 a month, but um, not when, when it was being installed. Oh, interesting. No, no, because maybe it's a different fireside. Because I know that there's there are other fireside apps. I don't know what they do, but no, th- th- there is absolutely no charge okay. to be on fireside. So just so everyone, just so everyone knows that. Now, if you guys want to, uh, uh, yeah, you know what, you should you should send it to Paul Vato at uh, <laughs> Venmo. <laughs> oh, and for for anyone that's listening to this, please um, make sure that you follow. Uh, our guest, Steph Clark, and she can be found at stephclarkcomedy.com. And then, of course, Instagram slash stephclarkcomedy. There's also funnygirlevents.com. And then for me, you can just go to paulvato.com, and I've got a list of all my social media there. And if you could please go to Apple Podcast and Spotify specifically, both of those, and find Paul Vato Presents, and then give us a review hopefully five stars uh if you leave us a review that that helps and uh the first eight weeks they say is the most integral part of a podcast life or you know for me it's it's season two uh so if you could go there and just hit hit a few likes hit a few shares it would really help us out so steph um your your podcast i I remember listening to it i i love it where is it on all platforms all on all platforms yeah anchor um, and then all platforms for I'm a Rescue podcast. It's such a great title. I, I love the title of I'm a Rescue. And how many episodes do you have up approximately? Probably close to 100, I think. Yeah, we, we've we done it off and on. Had some, we've had some really great guests. Um, we've had the, the flight attendant, the JetBlue flight attendant that said to F off to everyone and then went down the emergency exit. Um, I know him because I waited on him when I w- worked at this barbecue restaurant and I was like, you're a hero of mine. And he was so sweet and we stayed in touch and then he did our podcast. So he was, Stephen Slater's his name. Was Had he already done that when you waited on him or it was just happened to be the same guy? He had that- just done it and then it was a few months later that he, I was waiting on him and I had I went up to him and I was like, you're my hero. <laughs> And he was so sweet. Oh my god! Yeah, that is so funny that 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 he did that. Any other memorable guests that that people should look out for on I'm a Rescue? Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. We've had some great actors and um, 
uh, Camilla Cleese is great. John Cleese's uh, daughter sure. is awesome and talks about how her recovery and all of that. Just a lot of people, you know, we all have different stories of what what made us us. And like, it's, mm-hmm. you never know what somebody is going through. So like, we just try to have just honest conversations to find out, you know, what. Did you okay. have a story of recovery? And is that something you'd want to talk about? Or am I? Actually, yeah. You know, I want, I've had a lot of recovery things. <laughs> I'm a big mess. No, I, I, I lost my, my dad when I was young, when I was 11. So um, in high school, I struggled with eating disorders and I, I, I struggled with substance abuse of drinking. Um, and I've been sober now for two and a half years. Um, and I never, I didn't do the AA cause I don't like how religion is tied to AA. So there's just different things I have done to s- stay sober and sane. I like to do mock cocktails and like look at inspirational pages on Instagram. I find that comforting. So yeah, so I went through all of that and uh, I feel great today. Uh, not, you know, drinking can really, if you, I have, I, I'm, I can't, I'm not one and done type of girl. Like I'll drink the whole bottle of wine and then whatever tequila is left in the house. So uh, it feels good to not have to rely on that and, and be healthy today. Wonderful. Congratulations. Well, you know, I, I always say it's like, why buy half an airplane ticket? So I'm kind of in that same boat that there is no, oh, let me, oh, let me just taste that. Let's, oh yeah, that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. The first few is, you know, sips are like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then it's like, then you're slamming Thanks, you know, you've blacked out, at least for me, you know, so okay. it's better to just stay away from it then have to worry about, you know, and then the older I get is just uh, the actual physical recovery is just, oof, you right. know, so I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same path there. Can't, I, it's so hard. It was to travel and feel like crap. I, it just takes a toll on your body. You know, I can't do it. Wonderful. Well, wonderful. And, and I'm glad you have Tom by your side and, and uh, it sounds like he's supportive and whatnot. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a good guy. He he he'll have a beer. He likes uh he likes uh Hefenweizen and like sweet beers once in a while. But he's not a big drinker either. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> well, that's great. When is your next show that you're hosting in Agora? And where what's the venue? Yeah, so our next show it, we're usually the third or fourth Thursday of the month. Next one's June sixteenth at fourteen Cannons in Westlake Village at seven and we have uh, Darren Carter, the party starter. Do you know Darren? He's headlining. Rooster? What's that? Rooster. Does he go by rooster? <laughs> no, I don't think he goes by rooster. Is he, is he, is he a redhead? Yeah. Well, he used to be, he's, he, he's bald now, but <laughs> I've known, I think I've known Darren for 20 or 30 years. Uh, and I believe he used to go by rooster or little rooster or something. Oh, I got to ask uh, him. I ask him if, if I, um, it's got to be Darren Carter. I'm almost sure. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, okay. So oh, yeah. Darren Carter. He's, 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 I like my women. Like I like my coffee. Like that's his, that's his, 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 his shtick. With big tits? No. Or is that something else? Probably. <laughs> Who doesn't like big tits? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you look at your coffee, you're like, well, you can't always get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, and who else is doing your show, if if, uh, if you don't mind sharing that? We have uh, we have Eric Escobar on that one, too. He does impro- improv. He's a great guy. 
And then, oh, we're going to be at Rava Wines in um, Paso Robles um, up by San Luis Obispo. Beautiful winery. And I have um, Bernadette Polly on that show with Brian Kylie, who is a head monologue writer on Conan for over 20 years. And we have uh, Katie Tatara on that show and um, Audrey Stewart, who's so funny, who's a new, newer comic, but is, is so such such a force on stage. Really good. It'll be a really good show. Wonderful. Do you drive up to Paso Robles or do you, yeah, I mean, how, how far is it from? About three hours from, from us. That's right. Yeah. I, I did a cigar event. I'm almost sure it was in Paso Robles. Okay. Um, uh, they, they used to do something called Crush and Roll. So it was a wine and cigar event. And I was one of the cigar guys there. Oh. And uh, it's such a beautiful part of the state and the, with the wineries. And uh, I traded a lot of cigars for a lot of bottles of wine. And it's, uh, it was amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. Are you doing? Are you are you doing doing the cigar thing right in in Vegas? In Vegas, that's right. Yeah, I'm mostly wholesaling and um, selling to you know my, my regular customers. Uh, so so yeah, it's uh, Vato Cigars for anyone that's that's interested. But oh, yeah. uh, send my buddy Al, uh, my my friend um, Al Ducharme. Do you know Al? He's a comic from. He was. Um, Anthony on F is for Family, Bill Burr's show, but he was just in Vegas. I should have sent him out to you. He's a big cigar guy. Oh, wonderful. I'd love to meet him either way. Uh, and, and it's, uh, you know, everyone that you mentioned for your show, it's, you know, these are all excellent stand-up comedians. I mean, Darren Carter and Eric. I mean, That's just, smart, yeah. yeah, yeah, just really funny people. And uh, so I'll have to get out there. I'll have to come out and support and uh, uh, watch your shows, especially if it's a, a close to closer to LA, like Agora. Uh, yeah. But I would also love to head up to Paso Robles. What, when when is that? When is that show? June seventeenth, Friday, June seventeenth. Wow. Okay, so they're, they're both coming up. Beautiful winery, like one of the nicest wineries I've ever seen. It's insane. We're very lucky. And these people know how to party. I mean, we went to an after party, and I'd never seen so much wine. I was like, "Are those empty bottles? No, all full bottles." completely covering like a kitchen table or, you know, like a dinner table. Uh, And then I looked underneath and then there were boxes stacked underneath of more wine. I was like, Oh my, my goodness that. Yeah. I mean, it was. And drink and drink and party. And that's their business. So it's, it's like, here, let me give you a bottle of mine. Oh, let me give you a bottle of mine. And, you know, here's some ports or, you know, port style wine. And, and uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a nice mix with that. with the with the cigars, I mean, yeah, fun. there's some yeah, there's some really cool wineries. We just were out in uh, Fresno County, Skaw Valley, up in the mountains, and the just this really cute, quaint winery. Um, just California is so beautiful, and there's so many. Besides, when we have our fires, that's not so beautiful. But uh, California is a great place to live. We love it out here. And you know that's why when people complain about the traffic or whatever, I'm like, well, then stay home or or move to Iowa. I don't know where. I mean. You know, because of course it's busy. You know, people want to live here. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I'm in Vegas, but you know, in LA, just great weather and you have mountains, you have the sea, you, you have the ocean, you have, you know, some days you can go skiing one day and hit the ocean on the same day. You know, it's crazy. So, I mean, it's, 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 it is a wonderful place to live. Yeah, we love it. I'm going to try to get, I'm trying to get um, to do some shows in Vegas. So I'll keep you posted on that too. Please do, please do. I'm uh, if if you're at all interested, 
Uh, I can always at least introduce you, no promises, but I can introduce you to Joaquin and Matt, and uh, they own LA Comedy Club, which oh, is cool. in Vegas at the Stratosphere. Um, you know, or my friend Joe Stapleton, who does commentary, and I've interviewed Joe. He does commentary for the World Series of Poker, and he, I don't think it's monthly, but he does a show every so often at the Space in in Vegas, which is more of a you know venue away, not that far off the Strip, but off the Strip. So if you if you put something together, or you and Tom, or you and your crew, let me know, and I can introduce you to those guys. Oh, cool! Yeah, and my buddy, do you know a miracle? He does guitar. He has residency, I think, at the LA Comedy Club on Tuesdays. You, if you're ever around, check him out. He's so funny. I'll check him out. I, I'm not familiar with him. I don't. I don't think uh, I interviewed Butch Bradley, who oh, cool, yeah. is the headliner at uh, LA Comedy Club. So. It's uh, it's becoming a small world. And if you don't mind, I'll add you to our Instagram group, which is just people that I've interviewed on Paul Votto Presents. Awesome. And maybe you guys can network and connect with each other because I think it's a pretty strong group on Instagram. Yeah, we'll do comedy and cigar night. That's what's up. But no drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you do the you show people how to roll the cigars too? I have. Uh, I have. Uh, I've, I've done it. For events, uh, I used to get hired to do uh, when they were doing in-person events like uh, 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 conventions or whatever. I'd say I could sit at your table and roll cigars, so it brings people over. And it's it's a little deceiving in that it's mostly rolled already. The the, the filler has already been done. I'm mostly putting the wrapper on, but that's also pretty impressive. I mean, if I had to roll a whole cigar, I could, but just putting the wrapper on is pretty impressive, and then that they're able to smoke it almost right away. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely also show people how to do that. I love that. I love combining things. Like we used to do, um, paint and comedy night where you do a short, we do a short stand-up show and then it's in one of these little paint studios. And those are always really, I just like combining different things that shouldn't be combined. I think that's fun. I love that. I mean, that's the way also uh, a great improv mind works. It's putting two things that are opposed together you know an elephant and a trampoline or you know i don't know so something like that but uh the, no I, I i i enjoy doing that as well uh putting together things that don't belong uh, and that's wonderful to to do a stand-up show where and people are and then they get to paint and probably have wine yeah absolutely love it <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for steph clark and maybe tom clark uh but specifically what's next for for steph um uh, anything that we should know about uh, and any final thoughts or anything? Yeah. Uh, check out my stand-up comedy schedule, stephclarkcomedy.com or Instagram. I always post my stand-up schedule and I'll, I'll be touring all over Southern California, up in Northern California, the end of August. We head out to Nebraska in the fall and in, in uh, November, early November. So yeah. So if you want to, uh, book me on your show. Love to do it. Connect with me. And uh, whatever you got going on, let's make people laugh. I love it. I love it. And uh, Chris Rossetti in the audience says that he'd go to a nap and comedy show. <laughs> so I think uh, I think <laughs> I think as long as it doesn't happen at the same time, it'd be good. But uh, but you know what? Yeah, let's do some comedy and then uh, and then take a nap. Yeah, a daytime thing. I love a good nap, good afternoon hour nap. That sounds like an event I would put together. (laughs) 
I was so upset yesterday because I actually slept right through my nap. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's a Mexican joke. I don't know. Maybe Uh-oh. I'm working on it. We'll Uh-oh. see. <laughs> Maybe you can help me with my with my stand up with my shitty stand up. I loved it. I was a nice quick one liner. I like it. <laughs> there, there you go. That's all you need. Quick one. Uh, yeah, quick one liners. I'm gonna I'm gonna incorporate that into my show. Yeah, check out uh, check out Brian Kylie. He has the best one liners. Um, he's he's gonna be at that Ralph Wine show. Check out his stand up. He's one of the best joke writers. I'll make sure that you follow Steph on all of her social media, Instagram.com, Steph Clark Comedy, and StephClarkComedy.com, and also uh, FunnyGirlEvents.com. And if you're uh, on the West Coast, if you're by Agora Hills, by all means there, or if you're in Paso Robles, go check out her show there. Uh, Follow me at PaulVato.com. And all of my social medias there. And of course, please find our podcast, Paul Vado Presents, and follow it, right? Rate it, share it, all that good stuff. So and anything else, Steph? Anything else we should know? Just just do what you love doing. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't achieve whatever you want. Um, because I think we get in our heads a lot. And so you, if you want something, just keep at it. And be positive and be kind to, to those around. Sounds corny, but be nice. Be kind. No, I think that uh, we have to leave on that because that it can't get any better. And that is such great advice. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking time from your busy day to be here. And uh, this has been so enjoyable. And I can't wait uh, to continue following your career and watching you do stand up, you and Tom. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to do this. You too, Paul. Yes, applause. Everyone applause for Stephanie. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Applause. Thank you. Uh, and we'll see you out there. Take care. Bye.